Alright, ready? Yeah, we've been... Yeah. Well... Attention! The movie guys love movies. Any jokes about the death of self-help guru Dr. Wayne Dyer are purely for entertainment purposes only. Wait, wait, now you're positive he's dead? Yes, I'm positive. Well, I'm sure you'd be happy to know that we're thinking positively. Is that the guy that was on Stern a lot? Was he on no. Stern? No, 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 no. No. Who was that? Dr. Wayne Dyer wrote Your Erroneous Zones. And pulling your own strings and how to get what you really, 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 really want. I pull my own erroneous zones. Is I'm that sure wrong? You do. I combine those two books. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he actually was quite great. We go. But yeah, um, yeah, he's great. because he was a relatable dude, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he talked about the cosmos and you know, quantum physics and all that. But in a way that was just like, I want this and here's how I can get it. And not, hmm. you know, like trying to be smarter than thou or being too much of a you must have me in your life every day to get everything. Yeah. You know, like he could say, here's some shit to know. I'm going to back off. He didn't have a live newsletter I could subscribe to on a daily basis. He might have had that, but he didn't have a late night infomercial. Oh, okay. So imagine all those guys that like say you can get whatever you want, but without you take all the creepiness out and all the kind of weirdness, and you're like, and just have a lovely old man. He's like that. I'm going to tell you the secret to happiness in 327 installments over the course of 12 years. Yeah. Well, to give you an idea, his his uh, his lectures were on PBS. So that gives you the idea right there. No profit motive. I, I always love that, that basically Tony Robbins, the only thing he really can teach you in order to make money is to teach what he's doing, is to like become a late-night infomercial guy. It's <laughs> the only way to make his money. <laughs> to just think positively and to do all up that. Up until I found Wayne Dyer when I was like, uh, he came into my life like in, when I was 19. My cousin started reading his stuff. and he gave Three years me, ago? Yes, three years ago. Thank you, mm-hmm. Bart. You're my favorite <laughs> movie guy ever. Um, I... My cousin gave me the book Erroneous Zones, and I read it, and then I read Pulling Your Own Strings, and I gotta tell you, that was the first time in my life I ever came up with the concept, I ever heard the concept that you don't have to feel guilty about everything, and you don't yeah. have to worry. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Someone has yeah. to you don't feel guilty about everything? Yeah. No, I felt guilty about everything and worried about everything because that's how my family dealt with everything. So yeah. I thought that showed you care. The only way you know how to only do it. only way you know how to do it yeah. is if you worry, and then, then whenever he wrote on there that you don't have to worry like anything's going to happen anyway yeah. i was like fuck yeah i was like well, wait, wait. if you're not worrying what? about it then you might not be thinking about it right? and then uh, that doesn't work oh it's, it was so amazing <laughs> oh wait a minute i think i see it I think I, I i'm inspired to do the show now okay see? let's do it welcome let's to the movie showcast it. everybody nice. do the shit out of the show part of the vast and sprawling <laughs> movie guys empire Ned, I would love to stand here and talk with you, but I'm not <laughs> going to. <laughs> You've reached Ground Zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, banter, special guests, and more as we That's broadcast. That's just happened there. That was banter. <laughs> uh, as we broadcast from the Admiral's Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week at themovieguys.net, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Vimeo, YouTube, Player.fm, TuneIn, poddirectory.com. That's a new one. Absolutely free. And we encourage you, please, subscribe. Periscopians watching and the folks who are going to watch on Vimeo. Yeah, if you're um, listening to this after the fact, because we post it on uh, Fridays, Thursdays and Fridays, if you actually want to see it live, you won't hear any of the cues for the sound and stuff. But you can just tune in this time on Wednesday nights and see it live. And that is about 8.30 Pacific. Mm -hmm. So if you get your late night shenanigans, uh, you know, you're nodding off to sleep. We'll help. <laughs> and and I, I'm, a fa- I'm a fan of us, but I have to say, uh, you start rolling in about 15 minutes before we start. Yeah, it's hilarious. So <laughs> We're charming as shit. <laughs> At least Adam is. 
I know I am. So listen, if all that stuff, wherever you are, iTunes or any of the uh, social media, like, subscribe, share, post. Uh, and sometimes post. Karen takes her shirt off. I, depending hey, on how sometimes. many Periscope viewers, if we yeah. get 100, I take my shirt off. Well, now you're going to stick around. Subscribe. Oh, my God, you will regret <laughs> saying that. <laughs> you will regret it. I will not, however. We're also on WBAD.net Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern. Basically, just search the movie guys on Google, Yahoo, or... Bing! Bing! And we come right up. I'm your host for the hardest-working comedy show in the airwaves, Paul Preston, here with Bart Caius. Pain don't hurt. And Karen Volpe. That gal's got entirely too many brains to have an ass like that. And Adam Witt. Look, Maude, I'm sorry that your stepmom is a nympho or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Joining us in the second half of the show is another real movie guy who for seven years championed indie film on the website filmsnobbery.com. We'll get him in here and find out what he's up to nowadays. Nick LaRue will be here. So today on the show, we'll get you caught up with the uh, movie news and we'll... uh, We'll do what we do best, and that's preview. The new release is coming to theaters this Labor Day weekend. Traditionally the end of summer, but with summer starting sooner and sooner, (laughs) this is our third week of dull post-summer movies. (laughs) I blame global warming for summer starting sooner, or ending sooner and sooner. Including uh, the transporter refueled, just in time to take advantage of the Labor Day drop in gas prices. And a walk in the woods, a charming tale about a couple of old guys that get lost wandering in the woods. Or as we call it in our house, Grandpa forgot to take his medicine. I'm tired of life being all about ailments and funerals. I want to push myself. You want to hike the Appalachian Trail? 2,000 miles. No, you have gone me. mad. It's my old Say no more, say no more. It's the perfect place for you to spend the night. <clears throat> perfect place for you to spend the night. She just has that tone, doesn't she? Oh, Emma Thompson? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. She can whip off a lot. It's like chock that. full of uh, Academy Award winners and nominees. It's almost too much of a good thing. Yeah. I, I, I'm a little trepidatious about Who directed this. it? I don't even know. Uh, a We're supposed to be providing this information. Well, I have no I, clue. Well, uh, whoever directed all those Diane <laughs> Keaton Nick movies that come out this time of year, usually. <laughs> That's Nancy Myers, who's doing the Robert De Niro oh, movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I cannot wait to see. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. The Intern? Yeah, it would oh, yeah. be interesting to see De Niro just go straight funny again. Oh, it's been a while oh. since I analyzed this. Right? Yep. Was oh. that the last one? Well, analyze that, but did yeah, that really happen? Yeah. <laughs> we mean both. It's like Star Wars. You mean all, all three. Oh. But it's funny you mention all the names who are involved in this movie. Yeah. And you know, and I'll play it again. I hear Robert De Niro, Nick Nolte, Emma Thompson. <laughs> I just wouldn't expect it to start like that, the trailer. You know, hey, we're having fun. And it's, yeah, I would expect it to be you know, quite serious. And maybe they learn more than the walk in the woods. Not going to happen. Looks like you're going to have a blast dodging deer and whatever no this this movie has the most positive music like every music cue in it is like oh well you know how i've said before that i like i like movies i like movies where where my hero is never in danger of ever losing of course like jack creature jack creature just wins the whole time this movie is like the old person equivalent of that of just there's there's never gonna be any real trouble it's just gonna be nice and fun and everyone's gonna get along and life's gonna be great i like that that Usually in these things, I think, and along the way, they learn a little bit about life. Nope. They start learning about life right away. I'm into that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's fun lessons. There's no real trial or tribulation. Right, we'll get to that later. Yeah. But those of you who might be new to the movie showcast, uh, we should tell you we're not like other shows. We don't cover a lot of movie news going on in extensive paragraphs about the boners we have for this or that casting choice for a comic book character. <laughs> we're a comedy show that loves movies. But every now and then, we do feel the urge to cover movie news in a little segment we like to call The Latest. (laughs) 
It's been a while. Why man. that? I don't I know. It's been a while. <laughs> we need to have a, 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 a theme off and play all of them and see which, which one's the best. That might be the best. All right, what's shaking and baking in Hollywood? Let's roundtable it, shall we? Our first story. Last weekend's new Zac Efron movie, We Are Your Friends, posted the third worst opening weekend of all time for a major release of 2,000-plus screens, boasting a box office take of only 1.7 million. That's for the weekend. Thoughts, Karen? We have no friends. It seems that way. Bart? You know, Paula, today's ticket prices, <laughs> that means that every friend of Zac Efron saw this movie, and that's it. Yeah. Hmm. I thought he was popular. Adam? Like I've said all along about this movie, you're no Oogie Loves in the Big Balloon Adventure. Wow, you've managed to insult both movies at once. <laughs> Discuss. That's the second How least, do you put... Right? Actually, the Oogie Loves is the worst. Oh, that's, I'm sorry. Yes, that's, yeah. The worst per screen average. Delgo, Delgo being second. So now we are your friends. Zac Efron. Wow. Led male star leading vehicle. Only trumping Oogie Loves and Delgo. <laughs> It sounds like 2,000 screens is a lot. Is it a lot? It sounds like a lot, right? Yeah. I mean, it, that, that puts it well beyond indie film. I mean, this is a major studio release. I'd love yeah. to know how much more popcorn profit was made on those screens than, than tickets. I bet you they made more money selling popcorn at 2,000 screens than they did this movie. Things like... For the movie that the people saw. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things yeah. like Hoot. Remember Hoot? Ah, Hoot. <laughs> like that had 2,500 and it was a horrible uh, disaster. Yeah, yeah. And then what was that Wizard of Oz one that came out last spring or something? And there was oh, like a yeah. Lawsuit. That did not well. Yeah, there was that like did, a lawsuit that. Did not do well. Yeah, but I can't remember what it was. And we now, talked about it on this show and I couldn't tell you the name of that movie. Great, here's a great Dorothy's thing. Return. Dorothy, yeah, Revenge. Yeah. yeah. No? Which it sounds like a weird, like. <laughs> Don't they have, like, it's like a friend of Dorothy. Is that like an Alcoholics Anonymous thing? I don't know That's why that's for title. gay people. That's gay people. Oh, oh, oh yeah. a friend of Dorothy. Okay, what? What? Yeah. Please, well, I, wait, 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 wait. Please to explain, friend of Dorothy. If you are a gay person, that's code. Oh, back when you couldn't admit you were gay, oh. 2012, uh, you know, you would have to <laughs> say things in code. Friend of Dorothy. All I'm right, I, this just in, because this kind of tells you that, okay, how many theaters? 2,000? Yes. Yes. It actually made it to the theater in my hometown. No way. So that's a lot of theaters. That's a lot of theaters. Because it if it's making it to my hometown, that's a lot of theaters. It actually played in more theaters than Delgo and Oogie Loves. Yeah. Wow. They played in 2,300. <laughs> Something you do with the title might be the problem here. Paul, <laughs> Paul also playing there is straight out of Compton. In your hometown? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. There's there a crazy motherfucker named Ice Cube in your hometown <laughs> <laughs> from no. a gang called. From a gang, yeah. I just hope this doesn't affect Zach's career. It's been going so well lately. Neighbors. <laughs> Listen to that. That's classic Bart Kai's like, fuck you. <laughs> Not jealous at all comments from Bart Kai. That's good. That's all why right. we have him here. Let's get on to the next story. Horror film legend, writer, producer, and the director of classic slasher films A Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, mm. Wes Craven has passed away at the age of 76 of brain cancer. It's horrible news. I hesitate to throw horrible news to a panel of wise asses, but your thoughts, Adam? Well, I mean, I, I'm going to take this seriously, but, you know, considering the endings to most of his movies, uh, a lot of his fans are considering his ending to be a bit of a letdown. Good point. Bart? <laughs> well, Paul, he is going to make a great ghost. <laughs> Even better point. <laughs> Karen? Uh, yeah, I just wonder, did he die in his sleep? Could somebody find out if oh, he died in point. his sleep? And if he did, I think we know what happened. Okay, oh, yeah. we, sh we should know that. That should be released true. Yeah. Discuss. Did he die yeah. in his sleep? Somebody's got to type I, who knows? I, oh, okay. Because I clearly. Hmm. Unmentioned in his, because uh, in the news, they can yes. only mention a couple of them. Of course, they're going to mention Scream. Sure. Of course, they're going to mention Nightmare on Elm Street. Unmentioned Swamp Thing? You think Swamp Thing came up on CBS when they reported the... Uh, <laughs> Did he do Hellraiser? 
No. No, that's Who not was him. that? that uh, is... Clive Barker. Clive Barker. Uh, uh, Clive did he direct Barker. that, too? Or yes. just wrote it? Under a pseudonym, I think he did a few I, I, I feel like I'm underprepared for my directorial knowledge today. Well, mm-hmm. Wes Craven, we've got We're Last House you. on the left. Uh, Hills Have Eyes. The Hills Have Eyes. And, and here's the one that, that no one brings up, that's even stranger, I think, than Swamp Thing. Did he direct Swamp Thing? Yes. I'll be damned. Absolutely. Okay, so he, he directed the Meryl Streep, Gloria Stefan film, Music <laughs> of the Heart. Music that was heart. terrifying. Absolutely <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> now, but it was a solid, small drama. And mm-hmm. I thought, okay, he's transitioning. Next thing you know, he'll be doing, you know, like, bigger and better dramas. Nope, went no. back into horror. Yeah. Like, he just did a one-off. I was surprised he didn't yeah, stick it with it. it was like a passion piece. I think that was right after Scream. He's like, all right, I got some juice. I'm going to go do my little drama type thing. Yeah. yeah. It got uh, Meryl, well, it got Meryl another Oscar nomination. <laughs> I think she's going to get one anyway. She's yeah. One. But, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he can... Could have been proud of that, hopefully. A uh, little known trivia: My stepdad uh, worked for a screen printing company back when licensing. That is very little known. I did not not know a lot that. of people know that. <laughs> <laughs> Almost that nobody knew this. There was not a lot of licensing back then. They really didn't do that sort of thing where they would like, you know, Marvel would make a huge deal with whoever. So like DC Comics, when Swamp Thing came out, came out just went to whoever and it went to this little T-shirt shop in Brookville, Ohio, and uh, he did the, uh, d- the series of Swamp Thing T-shirts. I have oh, the art cool. of Swamp Thing and and Arcane, which was the villain in that a very cool uh, like piece who, of artwork. who would have gotten that today like some big yeah like uh, they would be a part of the contract champion or something. Kmart yeah, would have exactly, marketed yeah. that underwear <laughs> yeah exactly it was it just t-shirts or underoos Swamp oh. Thing underoos uh, they didn't have underoos because Swampy underoos might not be a good thing <laughs> Swampy underoos Swampy underwear That's I don't, parts I don't, in advertising <laughs> I actually wonder if Swamp Thing has ever really ended up on any other clothing. Obviously, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman have been on hundreds and thousands of designs, but like Swamp Thing. Well, it, it may happen. <laughs> is that Sears right Del Toro is uh, working on the uh, mm-hmm. the what is it? What are they called? Dark Justice League. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's gonna be good. All right, our final story involves the ongoing discussion about who is going to be the next James Bond. Ooh. Well, before the latest James Bond movie even hits theaters. One opinion that's been getting a lot of press comes from the current novelist of the James Bond <laughs> series of books, Anthony Horowitz who claims that Idris Elba is too street for James Bond. Mm-hmm. Provocative. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, well, if that street is Piccadilly Circus, then he has a point. Mm-hmm. He's right on target. Yeah. 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 Well, he's British. What no, gives? <laughs> Adam? <laughs> too street? I mean, are you sure he's not uh, uh, confusing Idris Elba with Wayne Brady? I mean, come on. Yeah, Wait. Wayne Brady street. <laughs> Indeed. Bart? Actually, Paul, this is a big shame because I'd like to see James Bond order a buckhorn 40-ounce malt liquor. Stirred, of course, not shaken. They might be turning <laughs> him around there. Thoughts? <laughs> um, Idris. This is are you, going on why forever. are they already casting a new James Bond? I is, is, is the current well, one broken? So, so Does the current one not work? No, he started bitching after uh, Skyfall, right? Didn't uh, about what? Craig yeah, about uh, what? Ferguson, what's his name? <laughs> Daniel Craig? It's <laughs> not that. Daniel Craig. I want to see that, though. I do want to see that. Because he's Scottish, which right. I think would piss off a lot of people. Hey, Connery was Scottish. Hey, oh, Scott- that's oh. We're going back to what we're... We're going back. All right, we're, we're starting a petition after this show. <laughs> Craig Ferguson. I want, to, I want to make a point to start a petition after like every Craig movie guy's show. I what Anthony Horowitz would think of that. Yeah. <laughs> What was the what was the Monty Python sketch where the Scottish uh, poet McTeagle and every poem ended up with could I borrow a couple bucks? <laughs> <laughs> but what was Daniel Craig's beef? Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. He's the best Bond ever. I heard he's him in say, these amazing series of movies. Easy there, George Lazenby. Hold on. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess it's just like, I don't know, he's just too comfortable in it and whatever, so it's time to bitch. I haven't heard that, although I heard him say, you know, make the proclamation that either this or the next one would be his last. It must be this one, the way they're talking about having to get up there and recast. Yeah. 
it's such a tough call. I mean, I, I almost say go with a nobody because will Tom Hardy be charming enough? You know, will whoever? They, no, you definitely want to go with a nobody. I mean, that's the thing. It's a, it's it's a surprise. It's like a, I don't know. It's like you don't go with a guy who's like had a huge movie career already or a huge TV career. It's Ooh, like, I haven't really thought about this. Who would be a really good next James Bond? He's he's coming up now. He's he's playing a, 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 a like a buddy to somebody right in, now. In a somebody from Game right of Thrones. <laughs> somebody from Game of Thrones. Peter Dinklage, <laughs> transporter two guy. You know, it's probably going to be a web video star. Ooh, uh, Paul Logan. Logan Paul. Hey, What's his uh, Adam, did you read the book? That chick that cooks. She's on all the billboards now. <laughs> she better be funny when I finally go look at that video. By the way. I don't know what her she name won't is. be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you read the books? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. is it in there that he's white? Yes. Okay. I mean, well, they say he looks like Hoagie Carmichael. I looked him up. That's a weird description. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That is weird. I but like the idea of Idris Elba. I think he's British. a good actor and he's cute. Yeah. And oh, I, it would be so different and well, cool. Well, yeah, but he's already kind of played so many kind of like, he's got a few iconic roles. What's that uh, Netflix show? He's the Guardian of the Gates of Asgard. Well, that's, there's, that's Asgard. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would be cool How could he possibly cast a different, a different nationality? Uh, I think that's cool. Luther is his big show. Luther, that's yeah. right, yeah. And I don't know, you know, I mean, an Idris Elba type, but he's already so established. It's just not the way they always go with these things. Ryan Gosling. Nope. Too no. established. No. Yeah. That's just, you said that he's out loud. Did you, where he I'm said sorry, that was that up here? Yeah, no. that was outside that was voice. I, I oh, met, you, outside voice. you could have easily said I the word yummy <laughs> the way you said that. <laughs> I want to do a retraction right away. I said nationality. I meant ethnicity. ethnicity. Oh, ethnicity. Yes, yes. Yes. Sorry about that. Absolutely. No. Not Welsh. Because he's still <laughs> British, so that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> hey, well, we got female Ghostbusters, so I mean, what the hell? Yeah. Hey, you said it as if the world were ending. What do you mean? Because it no, is. I said it, <laughs> I said it as if. Living together in I, <laughs> I said it as if we can cross gender and race. So we and should have a lines. female bond. So is that what you're saying? Sure. Not or should. We <laughs> could. We could. <laughs> female bondage would be good. Yeah, stunt, ah. stunt casting would be a little And we could too, still but. keep the hot Bond girl. It would make it just that much more interesting. Karen with the last word. Uh. That is some last word shit right there. <laughs> All right, enough movie news. And on to awesome. this week's That's releases. Another weekend in September. Another arriving in theaters of two more chances to catch Straight Outta Compton <laughs> or see Ant-Man again. Or, I suppose, if you must, <laughs> the transporter refueled. Hey, yes! <laughs> oh my god, this song is so good. <laughs> I'm not even doing a bit. This is Mike Post? What is this? It's yes, gotta be yes, Mike Post! Yes, it is. I can confirm. Yes. By the way, kids, we're old. This is the shit right here. <laughs> Uh, Bart doesn't like to go too long without A Few Good Men, Ed Wood, or Hardcastle and McCormick reference. Nice. Or Rockford Files. Or Rockford Files. I do if like Rockford Files. If Hardcastle is not available. <laughs> All right, so anyway, Transformer <laughs> Refueled. Like, I know the difference between a reboot and a remake, but a refuel? Well, Paul, lest you think this film takes place entirely at a gas station or a fast food joint, fear not. This is still the high-octane saga of Frank Martin. The transporter, a professional freelance courier driver for hire. When the package absolutely positively has to be there overnight, <laughs> he'll kill you. <laughs> the transporter is settled into a quiet life in the south of France. Out of the life. Oh, good. Never to go back. No. Ever. 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 <laughs> the only thing he transports these days is himself and his famous macaroni casserole <laughs> to the retired badass hall to transport bingo numbers at the retired badass potluck. <laughs> I'm out of the life. Did you call B14? I'm out of the life, too. Bingo! <laughs> a Wahlberg and Neeson for you. 
Uh, Jason Statham is not back as he fails to return to the big screen in an action spectacular so badass they could only come from Jason Statham or a guy that looks a little like him. Let's hear you call Boris Karloff a cocksucker. <laughs> That's a bonus. I didn't even put that one in there. Wow. But when Fakin Statham, oh, I'm sure I could look his name up, but what's the fun in that, gets a visit from his father played by the Punisher, Okay, Ray Stevens, but Mm -hmm. the Punisher. Mm -hmm. He has to save his father, which is why the tagline exclaims, This time, it's personal. But every time you see that, you know that someone showed up late to the meeting and had to write their promo copy on the bus on the way over to the meeting. (laughs) Actually, you know what? I have it here. The character of Frank Martin will be played by... Uh, The Rock, right? Paul, we're four movies in. It's time yeah, for Dwayne right. Johnson it's to join the franchise, the right? That, that is how it works. Four yeah. movies in. Uh, no. That's how it always Perfect. works. No? It says here, Ed Scrine. I mean, as soon as you think they can't come up with something, they come up with something else. Makes you wonder if guys like me will be out of a job. No. People will always need guys like me, right? Guys like you. You mean an actor to take over a popular role in a movie franchise that's late in its years? Yep, we'll always need guys like you. Isn't that right, kid from Home Alone 3? <laughs> Whatever his name is. <laughs> but don't worry. Everyone's favorite summer action star is back on the big screen. Audi! Following up their RS7 performance in Hitman Agent 47, this time Audi plays the S8, a 420-horsepower 4-liter V8 that really delivers an Oscar-worthy performance both on the track and your daily commute. In this role, it combines the refinements of a luxury sedan with the high-speed agility of a sports car, half its size. Now, whether you're a seasoned driver or uh, just dropping the kids off at school on the weekend, you won't find a better combination of a... Wait, 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 hold on a second. That's not the movie synopsis. I think you've started reading a sales brochure for the car or something. No, no, Paul. That, that's actually the movie synopsis. I got that straight off of IMDb. Well, you know, like they say, when promoting a movie, always highlight your star. <laughs> so a good-looking guy with a cool car gets conned into driving some hot pussy around town while he bails her out of trouble at every turn. Sounds like a typical night in Hollywood. Isn't that right, Zac Efron? Oh. Hot pussy? Is that the James Bond girl name in this one? <laughs> <It is. laughs> now, before you get all judgy, thinking that there isn't going to be much more to this movie than just a bunch of fast driving and gunplay, I'll have you know that the transporter recycled... Refueled. Refueled <laughs> involves bank heists, four hot Robert Palmer music video-esque yeah. blondes, nice. a sinister Russian kinkman, and a dangerous game of chess based on revenge. And? And fast driving and lots of gunplay. There you go. I don't know. I like this better when it was called Smokey and the Furious <laughs> Hitman Crank Taken Lucy Nikita Agent 47. <laughs> and I look forward to when the Transporters actually become the cars in the next film. Transporters Age of Extinction. Ooh. Oh, I would like to see that. Wait, so right now, cars become robots. But if cars could become Transformers... Wait, transporters. No, transporters. Transformers become it's, transporters. If, 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 oh, that is a perfect crossover. He <laughs> gets his his next car is a trans- transformer. transformer. Oh, oh, yes. The transporter transform transformer yep. transporters. Import export. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Import export. Oh, oh, now we get the transporter informer. That's amazing. All right, enough of that. That's amazing. We've made so many '90s references in this movie. I'm so in this show. I'm so proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want to say that if, whenever I think I need to go undercover, when I want to just kind of not be noticed, I always go for a platinum blonde bob wig. Oh, because you blend <laughs> right in. Wait a minute, Wait, those are wigs? Three of them. Yeah, yeah that's, because that's you blonde it, right? right in. I'm just yeah. saying. You blonde like, right in. If, South of France, though. South yeah, of France. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if I'm just <laughs> kind of. 
go into the store and I don't want anyone there to see me without like makeup on or something. I just put on a blonde bob wig and no one notices. No you. one cares no what one you're up to. Ever notice? Yeah. No. I like how these movies somehow found a style. I see this. This guy's full. Of, this guy's a dipshit, right? This this little skinny guy. He's from Game it. of Thrones. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I I think it's hilarious because it's I always all skinny see the guys. Agent Forty Seven was a skinny guy too. We need. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm up for some more uh, big. You know. Yeah, I want an action Brick shit houses do an action. I want an action st- star type yeah. to do my, my transporter movie. Like Idris Elba? Like Idris Oh, absolutely. Right. Now, if they He'd recast Transporter, because there's no tradition for recasting that, mm-hmm. because it's this This may be the end of it, let's, right. let's face it. Isn't there a TV show <laughs> that nobody watched? Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think or it's coming. Been, yeah, yeah, there's a series. Oh. Yeah, there was a series. Yeah, no, it already came and went? Yeah. Was, folks. Did you realize there was a transporter TV show? Yeah. There you go. So this is it. But this, you know what's weird? <laughs> and look at looking at global box office. Each one of these went up. Transporter three with Jason Statham mm-hmm. cracked a hundred million worldwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know that's that would be some movies do that domestically. Yeah. Took but the whole like world. But the the one before that, eighty five. Like the original trans- Transporter only made about forty three million yeah, worldwide. I think, I think it so they were kept getting good. I don't know why they he he bailed. I or I don't one. know why he's not in because all he made was some like straight to video thing called. What's the yeah, is he hit the big time yes. doing Expendables three? Like, well, get no, do your no, no, no. Wait a second, Furious Seven and Spy. He had a huge summer. Yeah, but, but you can it, still do your transporter. Movie. He could. I agree. Yeah, yeah, That's what I agree. Dumb. But I, I, this this makes me feel good to know that his finances are all in order because he clearly, clearly doesn't right. need the money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He does a movie like this. You go. Oh gosh, he must be hurting. But wow. the, but the producers true. of this are like, oh, head screen. You're going to get paid four dollars <laughs> to pretend you're Jason Statham. I'll do it. You had me at four dollars. Enough for nothing. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, go ahead. Finish this up. I have something about we are your friends. <laughs> Now's a good time. <laughs> that might be what we call a topic change. Hold on one second. <laughs> you go. No, I was just gonna say we have another farting trailer. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well, it's go. My new, Karen concedes it's, there are time to the floor. It's my new favorite thing. Here we go. Here's the top of the trailer <laughs> for the transporter refueled. It farts. Excuse me. Hello. Excuse me. I do love this shit, though, right? I mean, this is—I mean, this movie is everything it needs to be. Like, I watched the trailer and I'm like, eh, I'm not really buying the skinny guy. But then all of a sudden, he's having a fight in like a safety deposit room, and he's like pulling things out, knocking people. Like all the stylized yeah. action is super wonderful. It's like I, it's but, ridiculous. Right. We we should stop if we do it. We don't though. I think we we give Luke Besson his day in court. But if we don't. We need to stop because they're not huge movies anymore that he's producing, but they're all solid. They're solid. He just makes Columbiana, Three Days to Kill, yeah. The Taken. He just keeps putting out solid action movies. And, that was the and they don't get too goofy. Yeah. You know, they're not well, weird. These, these, they stay on point with a serious message and guys got to get shit done. All your rules are in effect. I know you love the Transformer. The Transformer. I did it again. Uh, the Transporter rules. They're yeah. in effect. They're on the poster again. Oh, yeah. Never change the deal. No names. Never open the package. I love a guy with rules. But the package is three hot blondes. Yeah. You can't open. <laughs> nope. How does he? You can't open your you, package. Okay. Can't oh. open your package on the blonde. By the way, someone, I, I, the very first, I decided I was looking up some information on this movie and I found this guy online. I hate Rotten Tomatoes because they have, they feature who? So and so from Barnsdale Press. BarnsdalePress.net. <laughs> like somebody beat him to that, you know, whatever. But this is my, this is my favorite. I was looking up an online review and this guy breaks what I just coined as the John Woo rule, okay? 
Uh, so the reviewer, uh, whatever website he's on, he, he, he criticized a, a deluge of car chases, gun battles, and fist fights choreographed within an inch of their lives. That's exactly what I'm well, What are they to supposed see. to do? Yeah. Just hey. be willy-nilly and people are supposed to die? <clears throat> you are not allowed to be surprised at the number of doves in a John Woo movie. Uh. That's on you, right? <laughs> I just coined the term. That's boom. Nailed it. You're not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, right? You... you don't know who John Woo is correctly. You don't know what the transporter is in the right way. It's, it's, it's just a strange thing. It's like, you go to the transporter, like, I'm surprised it wasn't a walk in the woods. I like, can't believe I went to that. <laughs> I went to that Barbara Streisand concert. She kept singing. Oh, she kept singing. What a jerk. <laughs> oh. right. Shut her mouth. All right, we're getting on to our next movie, but before we do, you have something? Yes, to... I just realized what happened with We Are Your Friends, because it's a movie about people yeah, having friends, friends in L.A. that are supposed to show up for things. Ah! That never happens. That's the best observation of all right? time. It just hit me. It's the best. It is about a DJ yes. in Los Angeles who is getting the big gig. Nobody and shows. Sure enough, Here's the movie. Oh my Nobody, God. Nobody comes. shows. Everybody who's ever done a show, we everybody are. says they're showing up. Everybody, everybody. says they're showing up. Show. A, a month before this movie opened, everyone in LA, oh, oh, totally going to that. RSVP, I'm going to that. I'm going to that. I'll be there. Oh, we, Something better showed up oh and they went to do we that. We have friends. to look up. We mm. have to look up. The number of people who attended versus the number of people who liked its Facebook page. Yes! We have to find out that stat and whether Wes Craven died in his sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down, Two Paul. important things. Get on that. All right. All right, good. <laughs> well, next up, a walk in the woods. Oh. The question most of you are probably asking is, is this a movie? <laughs> Why, yes, it is, Paul. Oh, that's good. Not only is it based on a book, but it's based on a book about the author of the book. So this is a movie sure. based on a book about the author of the book and featuring a character based on the author of the book that the movie itself is based on. Woo! You cannot get any more movie than that. Hallelujah. Thank you. I think we can move forward. Now, a walk in the woods, a retired travel writer is joined by a long-lost friend as the two attempt to hike the Appalachian Trail. It's grumpy old deliverance. What, what could possibly, possibly go right? <laughs> Well, it's fall, and you know what that means. It's time for aging cinema icons to oh, reclaim yes. their youth on screen. Yeah. Let's see what Diane Keaton, Morgan Freeman, <laughs> Kevin Klein, Susan Sarandon, Robert De Niro, and probably Katherine Heigl are up to. <clears throat> oh, wait, what's that? Oh, they're due to relive their youth and make up for lost time in October. Oh. Okay, well, let's check in with Robert Redford and Nick Nolte. <laughs> a Walk in the Clouds. That's A Walk yeah. in the Woods. A Walk in the Woods brings <laughs> together the comic duo of Redford and Nolte to tell the tale of two men in their 40s, at least the book did, who decide they don't want to live, they don't want their life to be about dying, but about living. It turns out that hiking the Appalachian Trail isn't as easy as it was when they were young, back when it was still pretty damn impossible. Yeah. So they give up Hard. the end. No, no. no, that's not how it ends. Uh, they, they come together, put aside their differences, and realize the real reason they're hiking the trail. It's not about where they're going. It's about, I don't know, something else. <laughs> Ask your aunt. A Walk to Remember. A Walk in the Woods. A Walk in the Woods release date is two months away from being nominated for an Oscar. And it's a movie that appears to be two deaths away from winning an Independent Spirit Award. In order to keep his old lady off his back, Bill Bryson has to find someone willing to join him on the Appalachian Trail hike. Unfortunately, none of his friends are too keen on the idea. How would you like to join me for a little stroll? Not in this lifetime. Next time, call me for something fun. Like a colonoscopy. <laughs> that is until uh, long-lost friend surfaces, all too willing to set out on this wild adventure that is sure to kill them both. And so off they go, and the pair of sep 
septuagenarians encounter all the trials and tribulations you would expect. Inclement weather, mm -hmm. twisted ankles, falling into a river, forgetting where they are, lost backpacks, forgetting where they are, mm -hmm. bear attacks, forgetting where they are. Mm -hmm. The movie features Nick Nolte, who, though not entirely coherent, at least <laughs> seems to realize that he's in a movie and that people are filming him. Kathy seems right, but I wonder how many years that can't be good for you. We all know Nolte is a pretty mm. method actor, and rumor has it he got diabetes for this role. <laughs> and Emma Thompson stars as age-appropriate wife-ish. <laughs> Things get a little complicated, at least we hope, when it's discovered that Nick Nolte's character, Stephen Katz, is on the lam and ducking out on some debts. Hmm. And apparently learning of this reality forces the pair of intrepid hikers to fall comically into the river and get all wet. Oh, hilarity. Will you ever cease to ensue? <laughs> At least we think that's the cause and effect here. Otherwise, you would have a scene of two old guys falling into a river for no reason. And that would just wouldn't make any sense at all. Actually, it's quite sad when you think about it. If you didn't know the movie was about exuberant freedom, the trailer has every song that has ever contained that emotion. From Walk of Life to that one Paul Simon song to, I think, three fake Mumford & Sons songs. Uh, will they find what they're looking for? Will they rekindle their friendship? Will they remember where they are and why they're carrying backpacks? <laughs> right, sincere question here. Does Robert Redford have to let this film into Sundance? Oh. <laughs> Do you have an in over there? Good question. Do they have an in? Oh. Steve Schultz, the uh, writing contributor to the show, Stevie. says he would be in uh, on this in a second if it had Steve Martin and John Candy. Oh, but you just can't do it. Oh, that no. would be the great outdoors with the great John Candy and the great God. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, we that should. That was a thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're right. We should recast movies with, with John Candy. What, what just are we missing? Just all of them. Right, yeah. Right? yeah. No problem. Who would he play in? Mm. But, that being said, I, you know, I'm I'd amazed. see this. Would you? Oh, I'm yeah, going to see this. Would. Yeah, why not? It I think the cast charming. is strong. Yeah, we the goof, trailer we goof, is good. But I'm going. I know, right? I know. Movie pass. I, I saw a play on Broadway in the 80s called The Walk in the Woods. It was about a Russian uh, diplomat and uh, American Yeah, an American diplomat. Diplomat. Yeah. And it was Into the Woods, right? No, that, that's about Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, wow. No, the, A Walk <laughs> in the Woods is fantastic. It's a really great play. I, I watched it. As a matter of fact, I met some of the actors when they came to a town near my house, like this little artsy town. And the one thing I learned from that show is I was walking to the theater or something, and a man with a thick Russian accent, he stopped me, and I can't do the accent, but he was like, your shoe is untied. And I was like, oh, gosh, how crazy. And he goes, let me teach you Russian way to tie shoe. I'm like, oh, all right. Uh, it is the greatest way to tie your shoe ever, and your shoe does not come untied. What? It's There's a Russian out, way to tie your yeah, shoe? Yeah, and it's not like over the, you know, the rabbit and all that crap. Uh, it's really Reagan. easy, and it works perfectly, <laughs> and your shoe is never, you don't have to double knot it. Does it involve drab state-funded housing? Uh, <laughs> it, no? involves, it involves waiting in long lines yeah, to tie your right. shoe. One of my favorite things so is cool. wh when Paul says anything as a Russian villain in an 80s action movie, can you say, I would like to tie your shoe as a Russian villain? I would like to tie your shoes <laughs> in Russian way. And uh, to this day, that's how I tie my shoe. I'll show you guys later. It's fantastic. Here's why I'll see this movie, because I was watching the trailer, and was reminded of just how f much fun it is to watch Robert Redford. Yeah, yeah. I love him. And, you know, we're 20 years removed from Quiz Show, the last great thing yeah. he did. Oh, that movie is... Interesting. Well, Sneakers. So great. Sneakers. Uh, that was that's before that, Quiz that Show. Was, before was it before? Yeah. Do you think he will stop to shave Paul Preston? Oh, God. Here we go. Well, you won't stop giving that movie shit, will you? <laughs>
Jesus. And it's a movie with one guy in it for the whole movie. It's like, all right, it's got to be a bit of a crutch. <laughs> like, if it, if it goes astray for the one scene where he shaves, what is that called? Have guy you in not, a boat. Have you not heard Karen's movie reviews? Guy in the boat. I, oh, I know this. Spider-Man oh, yeah. is shit because Kirsten Dunst wears high heels when oh, yeah. she's waiting she tables. way caught up. Shit movie. Way caught up. Yeah, no, right. I do want to do a retraction on Karen's reviews because I said Ricky and the Flash did not commit enough because Meryl Streep did not have her hair cut. Yes. But it was just braided. Having seen the movie, I will tell you that that's exactly the right choice because she's not really a successful enough musician well, uh, to cut her hair off because she has to have a real job. Brilliant. So I take that back. Uh, they, can re- they can release the film. They can release the film. Have they released that film? Ah! <laughs> it's been approved. This is where uh, this is where Karen's type of movie review and my type of movie review uh, uh, do, do not converge because uh, I was still pissed that's not starring The Flash from the TV show. The Flash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he would have committed to the hair, though. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I One of the best films I saw last year was Wild with Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Okay. I'm the director of Dallas Buyers Club, whose name I can't pronounce. Sure. But uh, the whole film... Film, she just wandered around wondering if she was going to be raped or killed, which yeah, is how I imagine women walk around all the time. Well, mm. she was on a trail by herself doing something that a man can do without even thinking twice about it. These two men are not going to wonder if when they go to sleep at night, they're going to wake up being raped. Play that deliverance music again, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. The fact that I can pee standing up and I can go on a camping yeah. thing, and I, can, I mean, it's, it's I, I hate that the world's so ugly, but uh, boy, advantage me. I'm okay with it. <clears throat> now, these guys are older, frail, may not be able to fight back as well. Yeah, maybe, maybe they will get attacked by someone who finds them attractive. Oh, my God. Now, but I am a hillbilly, so that's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I am from Ohio. <laughs> yeah. Um... So what were you saying about the Appalachian Trail and Mark oh, Sanford? Yeah, I looked up a little bit of information because I, I remembered a, hearing something yeah. about this. Uh, Governor Mark Sanford of Douche. South Carolina, Republican, he said one of the excuses offered when he had left and they could not find him, he was actually overseas having sex with his girlfriend while he was married. But mm-hmm. one of the things they said is he was his assistant said he was off hiking the Appalachian Trail, which became a euphemism in the English language. <laughs> and to, now, uh, I had not heard that. I, I know the story. Hiking. I mean, he's a douche. You, yeah. But... Um, and a hypocrite. Yeah. And, but I hadn't heard that phrase. I like that. Yeah. Uh, they're going to go hike the Appalachian Trail. Or, I'm going to give it to her up the old Appalachian Trail. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> sounds dirtier than just that. She's, she's yeah. taking it up the old Appalachian Trail, if you know what I mean. And now we're back on wild. I yeah, see. there you go. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's Lee Daniels and Walk in the Woods because there was already a play. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but Nick Nolte's back. Karen said he looks like Uncle Jesse in this one. He does. Oh, Uncle Jesse. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with Nick Nolte showing up in A Walk Among the Tombstones. Oh, uh, that's A Walk, walk in, in the, the Woods. A walk oh. in the Woods. Thanks, Adam. This gives us another chance to play What's Nick Nolte Saying? Yay! It's the what the hell's Nick Nolte Saying? Hey! <laughs> New theme. That was the theme? All New right. theme. That's amazing. Uh, all right, let's see. Was. Here's the fun part about this game. It's okay. non-competitive. Oh, good. So good. you're not trying to outguess your partner as to what Nick Nolte is saying. You're really just trying to figure out what, what the he's fuck saying. he's trying That's to say. It. That's it. That's and if it. You, can, you can work together to try and figure it out, okay? In the Maybe following I'm scenes. i write something down, and that'll help. Here's that scene right. again in the walk uh, from, from what we were just talking yeah. about. Yeah, I think it is. Walk in the woods. All right, ready? Okay, good. Kathy seems great, but one woman all these years, well, that can't be good for you. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, I've got a couple, because I've got a couple I've, words. I've, seems and great. It ends with, that can't be good that for you. That can't be good for you. I caught that. Please, again. Kathy seems right, but one woman all these years, that can't be good for you. I got it. That just shows you have to see the movie three times. But uh, 
Something. All, one woman. All one, one woman. All these years. Kathy seems great. Kathy one, seems great. One woman all these years, oh. but that can't be good. But for I you. have to go. get my hair cut. But is that what he said? <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we might be off here. Oh, shit. Wow. Okay. That's that's kind of amazing. <clears throat> just makes me want to do that. <clears throat> <clears throat> right? Just clear your throat. Well, here he oh. is in a Gangster okay. Squad. Remember that? It came out last year. We're losing Los Angeles. To an Eastern crook. Right, that, we're losing Los Angeles. To an Eastern crook? Perhaps. Oh, oh, I have Croy, like C R O I X, like the city. To the Easter Bunny. Losing the Easter lo- Bunny. Losing Los Angeles to, no. a, to a guy from really Azusa <laughs> or something from the East, right? You really yeah, do have to see Los Angeles. Oh, Vegas. An Eastern Crook. An Eastern oh, okay. Crook. Crook. Eastern Crook. That's like the most vague description. Well, <laughs> look, we on. don't want to offend any group or ethnicity Just or nationality. Eastern. Just Eastern. 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 Bad guy. It could be Pasadena. <laughs> Rancho Cucamonga. Right, here he is in uh, in blue chips. Oh, I'm ready. With Shaq O'Neal many moons ago. You cannot win half-assed. Come and win this ball game. Let's go. Okay, it was pretty coherent. That though. one's pretty you coherent. Cannot yeah. win jackass. This ball game. No, you cannot win half-assed. Oh, half-assed. Then something something ball game. Ball game. I want to hear more from a walk in the woods. <laughs> you cannot win half-assed. I think, we first, I think we first heard this. Karen said he throws a trash can in the middle of it, but we weren't sure that might have just been him still talking, right? I think it was your, your comment on it last time. Yeah. Blue Here, chips. That's a good reference, by the way. If you just said like, "Yeah, hey, kick back and watch blue chips." Yeah. I'm gonna Ron Shelton move. <laughs> and and Blaze isn't on Netflix. I'm gonna watch blue chips. <laughs> There's a reference. Uh, here's here he's nominated for an Oscar for this. To prove that Lila Wingo would. This show why Savannah couldn't trust him. What? <laughs> what? I don't know. He got too growly in that Wait one. Wait a minute. That sounds like that Some, movie. Something with Lila Wingo. That's Prince, Prince of Tides. Wings. Yeah, it's that movie. <laughs> that sounds like the one with Liam Neeson in it's, it. It's <laughs> Nick Nolte as Nell. As Nell. Prove that Lila Wingo. Stay in the wind. And he was in Parker. Remember Parker? Speaking of Jason Statham. Who's He's got connections. You know what? I when we did nine to five, I learned all my lines the best I could, and it's hard. You have a lot of lines. I should just start blah, 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 blah. How many times when I don't you, know what I'm supposed to say. How many times did they have to do a second take and just delicately oh. suggest that, well, okay, Nick, can you bring a little more energy? When really what they were saying is we can't understand the damn thing you're yeah, saying. Yeah, enunciate is what <laughs> yeah. they wanted to say. Yeah, it's funny. We played this game before. I watched the trailer, and I was like, well, I actually kind of understand everything he's saying, but you have to see him. Yeah, yeah, in that, order, that's yeah, the when, trick. As soon as you played a, a scene, I go, I know that from the trailer, but what the fuck is yeah. he good, I mean, yeah, good thing film worked out for him, because he's not a radio guy. That's a good oh. thing film worked out. There was a game on the- Think of all They've done oh, that's to you, to <laughs> me, to humanity. Wow, I know, I know what he said, but it was really hard. That's Think of all hard. the harm you've done to you, to me, and humanity. And to, to humanity. Yeah. humanity. Good, nailed it, honey. Man, that's that's like that, that, that's Hulk. Yeah. Wow, but it's hard. You have to really like follow the rhythm. Oh, and hey, just for fun, what? Here they are, uh, all at the same time. You cannot win. You know, he just sounds like our dog, Paul. He sounds like Dr. Marvin being pissed. All right, let's. It's the Winter House, Nick Dalton. Say it, hey! All right, 
it was with every round of what's Nick Nolte wow. saying. We all win. Yay! So we do. This is a good time to take a break. A few minutes awesome. for us, a few seconds for you, as we'll get our guest in here, Nick LaRue. Hang tight. <laughs> sound like the soundtrack to a lot of 80s or 90s comedies. Yeah, maybe a little midnight run in there somewhere. It's the great Leah Finkelstein, friend of the show, oh. Boobay's sister. Been on some of our uh, holiday episodes. True. From her album Feigning Composure. No, is it from there? Yeah, it is from there. she got a new album coming out, so I forget what songs are from what, but... Hey, uh, we are joined for the movie talk section of our show by the man behind FilmSnobbery.com, known as a voice for indie film. And hosted the Film Snobbery Live podcast for about seven years, all of the episodes of which, even though FilmSnobbery.com is uh, no longer running, everything can be found on there if you want to see great interviews with uh, indie filmmakers and the like. They're all still up there. And uh, the guy with us, Nick LaRue, everybody. Yay, Nick LaRue. Wow. Little known Welcome. fact, Nick is actually uh, the man that the character Tim Robbins played, on, played in uh, Bull Durham was based on. Yes. Nick LaRue. Nick LaRue. Sometimes you mean rains. Nuke you mean Lelouch? Or maybe that. Lelouch? <laughs> I think it's I was going to let him have it. It does sound like you should be pitching no long relief. <laughs> now, wait, we should say for a second, though, because you, you were Nick Baisley. I was Nick Baisley for uh, 34 years. And then years. he got married. Yeah. No, not yet. That's, actually, that's, that's to not, come. It's a, yeah. Yes, it's actually a slightly less interesting story, but uh, all it is oh, is do really. Tell. My parents. <laughs> My parents divorced when I was five. My mom and I had a conversation not too long ago where she, I said to her, why did you never go back to your maiden name? And she said, well, I thought it'd be weird for us both to grow up with different names. I said, well, I'm an adult now, so what's stopping you? She goes, yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to go do that. I'm like, I'll do it too. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. LaRue's so, way that's cooler. Cool. Yeah, because we're going Nick LaRue. And also my girlfriend, you know, her name is Angelique. And I thought Angelique LaRue oh, sounded oh, way cooler. Absolutely. Perfect. Where is she dancing? I mean, yeah, uh, stripper uh, name. congratulations. She's a main stage girl. I'm just oh, going to say. Main you know? stage. Absolutely. Well, hey, Angelique, main stage, main stage, Angelique. Main stage is something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Angelique. It's like the Angelique. name. It's, it's like a name that, you know, when you are putting it on you don't know with something oh you know joe larue over there from me the you know my milkman <laughs> or whatever milk it's man. one so step up it's one step up from joey bag of donuts it really is <laughs> <laughs> you know? but uh, i bring it up so if you see nick Baisley, b-a-i-s-l-e-y out there in the world associated with film snobbery but same guy same guy same guy Wait, same guy you? although i will say that nick Baisley guy he was a he was kind of an asshole this nick larue guy <laughs> stand-up guy yeah you can yeah. wipe that out too absolutely <laughs> anything you if said only, back then oh, no, no, no. if only i could get rid of that credit card and student loan debt that quickly <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. Now you started this whole thing not in LA because everyone in LA is all movies all the time. Just go to another town, try and talk movies. No one knows shit, and you'll be a wow. I forgot where I was. Uh, you did this film snobbery nonsense yes. from Massachusetts. Massachusetts, yeah, Oxford, Massachusetts. That's where you're from. Fact. From that's where I'm from. From Oxford, Worcester, Central Mass. Cool. Yeah. Everyone, every time you go, like Massachusetts. Oh, Boston. No. Uh, <laughs> so what inspired you? Uh, I've always been a movie guy. Uh, it, it, Hey. Not, hey. hey! Hey! How about them Talking apples? About Brandon. Brandon. Unintentional. Brandon. Yo, it's three um, cents. <laughs> put it on my tab. Okay. I'm gonna switch names again. Bill Nick uh, Baisley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I grew up uh, around movies. My uh, my parents had friends that owned a movie store, uh, a video store. And my uh, when I got older, I uh, worked at a movie theater, both an indie theater and a chain theater. I worked at a blockbuster video in two countries. And uh, then I, when I you know, decided, um, I, I got into a lucrative career in network engineering. 
and then got laid off in 2009. Oh. <laughs> but I was just started talking about uh, movies online because it was starting to be a thing for me, you know, a little kind of creative outlet. And my boss had seen some like interviews that I had done at film festivals and stuff, and they actually saw it like they played it at work at the board meeting. And they're like, this is good stuff. How come you don't do this for a living? And I'm like, well, because I'm gainfully employed. And they're like, yeah, about that. Um, <laughs> you no good oh. engineering networks. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, That's so a good they, lesson, actually. Never count on the day job. I need to get a day job before I do anything else. No, you don't, because it's no more reliable than anything else. It will else. throw you out. I, I will <laughs> yeah. say, no, they were totally cool about it. The guy said, you know, um, it was the recession had just hit in 2009, and the guy said, "Hey, look, you know, unfortunately, you're low man on the totem pole here. I can save a bunch of money just by, you know, laying you off. However, uh, you are going to be um, on unemployment for about a year, which we're paying for." He goes, "Why don't you take that year and do something productive with it? Like, why don't you try following your passion and see if you could do something with it?" And so, for the first year, while I just, you know, I decided to follow his advice. For that first year, I decided, hey, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm just going to see if there's an audience for what I'm doing. I'm going to listen. I'm going to be part of the conversation. I'm going to inject myself in and just see if there's any sort of people listening out there. And it turned out there was. And so I said, all right, now I'm going to give it another year and I'm going to build on it and I'm going to see if I can do this for a career. Um, and then it turned out that I could. And I was able to do it up to about year five. And then uh, I'd come home for my first time ever at Sundance. And I was like, I'm moving to Los Angeles. And then it all fell apart. <laughs> so well, that, that's the, the story for everyone. So yeah. Yeah. It kind of is. Yeah, actually, yeah. we all made livings as actors before we moved here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. It all, uh, but it was indie film only from the beginning? Almost entirely. I, I, when, I, when I first started, it was just I wanted to talk about movies I had gone to. And then, as a matter of fact, I remember the first podcast I had ever done was actually um, a, uh, oh, geez, I'm going to remember. Um, Vampires, werewolves, anyone? Uh, Twilight? Oh, not Twilight. Movie? Not Twilight. Smooth Kissable Teens? Yes. No. Yes. Uh, Vampire's Assistant? No, it was... A vampire um, in Brooklyn? Not that long ago. Uh, no, American um, Werewolf in London? Once Underworld. Underworld. Uh, oh, if you had said lichens. Well, lichens, yeah. that's different. Yes, you're correct. Yeah. No, um, yeah, I, I, it was the first thing I did. I had a, a girl friend of mine who we decided, oh, we're just going to go online. We're going to see if, you know, we're going to do like an hour. We were drunk. Anyway, which most good decisions are made that Great way. Great start to podcasting right there. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, slurring. Yeah. Um, so we started doing it, and then we decided, oh, let's do another show and another show and another show. And she lasted for what we call now called Film Snobbery Classic. She lasted for like 12 <laughs> episodes, and then I brought in a guy, and then he lasted for about 20 episodes, and then I got rid of everybody. And then I decided I was going to do a live show, and instead of doing it um, pre-taped, we decided to go live. And um, a lot of that was out of laziness of I don't like to edit because I'm not an editor. I'm a cutter at best. Um, uh, a butcher, um, but definitely not an editor. And so I was like, well, I can re preload everything on here. We had great sponsors too. And we started uh, Telestream, which does Wirecast, uh, was a great sponsor of ours, Sony, all those. Um, you guys owe me money now. Uh, but, uh, or actually, owe oh, these guys money. 
Um, right. Yeah, we'll take it. it. Yeah, they'll take it. So yeah, um, and uh, it enabled me to be able to kind of do everything a little bit one man bandish. And I had some guests come in to you know help me out, and and um, you know we had some, a few local people be able to come into our quote unquote studio. And uh, which was just a, a, a garage kind of situation that in my oh, parents it sounds that. depressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who would do that <laughs> crap? You need a real studio like what we're in right yeah. here. I, I know. I got I, how you guys got the Admirals Lounge at yeah. such a low price. I have no yeah, idea. That's because of the flyover zone, but that's all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah this place is entirely played, paid for in frequent flyer points. Isn't Absolutely. It? That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so um, yeah, and and uh, so I ran it out of there for several years, and I travel. I got it was great. I mean, I got to travel all over the country. I got to do panels. I got to go to festivals. I got to go interview hundreds of filmmakers and make a lot of new friends and acquaintances along the way. And uh, got myself a new co-host who you know used to call in. His name is Jerry. He's actually on his honeymoon right now. Oh, congratulations! So Jerry, congratulations, right? Jerry so and Jackie. To this day, he uh, well not anymore because we're not you know oh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. in. Yeah, Taking a hiatus. Yeah, hiatus. <laughs> was he there right up to the end though? Because it seems like all you needed to do to find love was end the show. Yeah. That's really what it was. Like I needed to <laughs> get rid married. of him. You're getting married. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he was. Uh, he 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 was. Uh, he was a cool guy. Um, he was a filmmaker, and so it was really cool because he would provide that kind of voice of the filmmaker, whereas I was more of the voice of the film critic. And you know, it's always nice because you guys, you know, we we tend to banter quite well and mm-hmm. argue online. You know, and he'd be, "Hey, you fat guy," and I'm like, "Yeah, you." dumb Jew. He's not Jewish. I don't even know why I said that. But he's... Uh, <laughs> well, you know, when you argue with somebody, that's what my go-to. See, yeah, that uh, really yeah. is. Paul is an editor, so we can cut that out for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. The great part about not doing a show anymore is that no one's going to care. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, you can tell I've let myself go, right? Um, no, but anyway, so it's... And it was got a, married. And I, well, getting there, yeah, getting there. January, yeah, January 23rd, and then off on the honeymoon myself. And, Very cool. And it's going to be Just yourself for the honeymoon? No, well, yeah. Yeah, it's expensive to bring the girl with It you. really is. And, uh, you know, honestly, I think she's just going to ruin all the fun anyway. Um, Absolutely. You know, it's really... You know. Sex is better with a woman. January. Where are we going for a honeymoon? Sundance. Thanks, honey. (laughs) Actually, that actually came into play when we were making our guest list for the the wedding because our our, it's January 23rd, which I think is (laughs) right in the middle of Sundance. (laughs) And I'm just like, well, we're having our uh, reception at Rally Studios. And I'm like, oh, wow. well, all the people that we invite that are our friends might not be in town, yeah. so that could be a little awkward. Uh, showing up, uh, you know. Well, at least it'll, we'll we'll have it really easy when people go like, if anyone you know sees anything against us, speak <laughs> yeah. now or forever. Hold like it's just crickets anyway. Right. Um, but of course, I'm sure the priest will be like, yeah, I got problems here. Uh, do you see this guy? Come on, Look at this come guy. on. Look he at looks me. like a Basley to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, uh, it, that's it, it. It may start back up. My girlfriend, uh, is fiance, wife, whatever we're calling her at this point. I, I actually told her I'm I'm, get, I'm not doing fiance. I'm just I'm getting I'm leapfrogging I'm fiance right, right to wife, wife. Okay. because I don't want to have to memorize another like term to call her. I already call her or at like, least learn how to spell it. That's a bitch right there, fiance. You, you don't want to move that too early, like you do the second date. You're like, can I just call you wife? <laughs> that <laughs> might scare him off. That's review, Nick. You got to remember her name. You got that. Right? I got that. Okay. okay, and then fiance. <laughs> fiance. And then wife. And then wife. back to her name again. This is really way too much. And then ex wife. And then that mother of my child. And her attorney's name. Yeah. And this is Bart giving you this information. Yeah. <laughs> Use your words. Yeah. I, 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 oh. So over the years, <laughs> I feel like there's a bit of experience talking here. Yeah. For well, me now. Um, well, yeah. Wait, so I'm gonna, I want to jump to oh, what, because as a guy who's 
who's been focused on indie film for about seven years. Yes. I'm curious what your favorite movie of all time is. Ah, we ask wow. his guest of every, ask his favorite guest. indie movie or regular regular movie. movie. Let's okay. go for all right. Or just your favorite movie. If it's an indie, it's an indie. Bonus points if you don't say that's a tough question. No, I'm not going to say it's a tough <laughs> question. I actually do know the indie one's a bit of a tough question. However, the regular oh. one I've got only problem is that because of recent events, I'm sure everyone is saying this now, and it is Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh-huh. Oh, re- yeah. no. This, is that a first? A nightmare, I think so. A Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street to me, I think, is a perfect movie. I thought you were going to wow. say Ghostbusters because they're remaking it. But anyway, yeah. I do love Ghostbusters, I too. I mean, yeah. Karen, you always weasel your I'm favorite movie of all saying. time into the conversation. Karen, I'm just saying. We know what your favorite movie of all time <laughs> is. The listeners know what <laughs> your favorite movie of all time is. You know it. I know it. Dogs Amer- know it. The American people know it. <laughs> but a Nightmare on Elm Street. Nightmare on yeah. Elm Street. Yeah. I That's mean, come good. on. You have a, a a fantastic lead actress. You know, who's mm-hmm. the hero of a of a movie. It's really well written. It's you have a, a great. It's mm-hmm. action. You got a great psychosexual kind of tension between her and the uh, the the villain. And and Robert England is just fantastic. Um, you know, and I hear hopefully if they're remaking, rebooting this again, which I hear they're doing, they that he may have or will be signing on. Oh. I heard I've heard there's been a talk or a discussion about this, so it we'll really, see what happens. It really was silly to not have him in the Platinum Dunes one because it's like, all right, I get that you want to reboot this, but if you're going to be boring because you don't have Robert England in your movie, then. You know, put Robert England in the yeah, reboot. He's right? around. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I bet he's around. available. Yeah. 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 Well, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't uh, playing the vegetarian alien in V again, so mm-hmm. in that reboot, so, which I do think deserves a, a, a big budget movie. V? Of, v. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, mean, I love they V did, when I was did, a kid. Yeah. I never they, saw the reboot, though. The, you know, the reboot wasn't horrible. I mean, Marina Baccarin and Laura Vandervoort and, you know, some people there. Ooh. Um it wasn't, yeah, <laughs> Supergirl yeah. in Smallville. Oh, uh, I gotcha. Hey, did you see who uh, just got cast in uh, Supergirl? No. Glenn Morshower. Yes. Yay! Friend of the show. I love Glenn. Glenn yeah. is yeah. such a great guy. Is he the best? Yes. And I he's going to play Lois Lane's dad. Sam Lane. Oh, nice. Sam Lane. Sam yeah. Lane. Yeah. Wow. Sam Lane. Uh, well, our, con- our, our my wedding is comic book themed. Oh. So is it really? I, yeah, and I, pro- oh. I proposed to my girlfriend in a comic book store. What? In our comic book store, I should say. And she's on board with all this. So she's yeah, on board yeah, right. with all this, yeah. She's, <laughs> oh, wow. she's far more DC Comics than I am. I'm more Marvel guy. Oh, However, Marvel and DC oh, coming together. The really, yeah. Coming yeah. together. We yeah. thought that that's how we were actually going to set up the parents and stuff like that. It was going to be like, her family's all DC, mine's all Marvel. But we thought know. that that would just be too much. Oh, I'm at the Lobo table. Ah! Yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> You're living the dream. Yeah, no, I was going <laughs> to... Uh, if, I, if I was going to see you, I'd put you in... Uh, uh, oh, I don't know, Toy Master. Oh, or Toy Master. Like Toy Master. Toy Master. He's a Batman villain, right? Batman yeah, villain. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a Blue oh, Devil table. There's a Blue Devil table. There's a, a Blue Beetle table. No. <laughs> Toy I Master is in the most recent Batman animated movie, voiced by uh. Weird Al Yankovic. So oh, I will really? take your Toy Master and sit at that table. Fantastic. If I was going, which I'm not. Uh, yeah, uh, but you work at Raleigh Studios. I yeah. do. I work at Raleigh Studios. Yeah, that's where we're having our wedding reception. That's we're cool. actually it's a comic book thing. We're going to show the um, the Superman, the Chris Reeve original oh, Superman oh movie. God. You know, to those who are interested. You know, if it's like ah, you don't want to dance or you don't want to do all that kind of stuff, that's fine. You go ahead and you. You're the perfect person to ask this question to. Paul yes. and I have this thing. I have I've expressed this thing. <laughs> the casting of Christopher Reeve. Yes. When you watch him playing that, mm-hmm. what is going on there? That is the most perfect crazy. He is Superman and Clark Kent. And I don't know if there's more perfect casting that's ever been done. I don't know what it is. It's so crazy perfect. When he was that was a scene in uh, was it Superman two when they're doing the uh, he's going to go tell Lois 
you know, who yeah. he is, and he takes off the glasses and straightens up. Oh, it's fantastic. Mm. I was like, yes, that's perfect. It, it's kind of like how in uh, for, for Christian Bale, I was like, I had to see Equilibrium to believe he could be Batman and American Psycho to believe he could be Bruce Wayne. Oh. That's, 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 that's really how good. I got my Christian Bale. I'm like, yes, he can do this. Oh, cool. Yeah, I don't know where he got that Finley voice from, but... Yeah. Uh, I know, it had to be different, so yeah. it was that. It was that. So people don't know I'm Bruce Wayne. I'm this. Yeah. That's your move? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was the same thing with Daredevil and the same thing with the original Tim Burton Batman. Yeah, they yeah, all yeah. kind of, you know, choked that up a little bit. Yeah, otherwise it sounds just like Bruce. Hey, you sound just like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flash doesn't have to do that. Mm. Just saying. Right. He'll either do that, like, weird voice yeah, thing, that modulation. Uh, yeah. So Larks. you're, like, super comic book guy, but, so that, but then you went into indie film uh, for your love of uh, yeah. for everything you want to talk I, about the, movie-wise. These people work hard. You gotta, they need recognition. That was the whole point of it. I was just like, I can go to the movies, I can see a thousand people uh, talking about uh, mainstream film. And, and honestly, it really was, like, there were guys out there, you look at, like, Slash Film or FirstShowing.net or some of the, the larger um, film websites out there, yeah. the movie guys. Everybody um, but IO9. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> but you look at <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Great reference. Um, I mean, my God. They just couldn't write the worst reviews I've seen in the last four months. Anyway, go ahead. But, um, you know, it, it, and I realized one thing really quickly. I would never be able to get uh, a head start um, doing major reviews, like m main online kind of major big bo box office reviews, because these guys already had the access, mm -hmm. they already had the traction, they already had the ins, and just they were getting the exclusives. I was not going to get that. But I knew that if I was being personable one on one with a lot of these filmmakers, I knew that I could get that access. Independent film was still accessible when I started, um, and, and it, it still is. Um, and it, it's just so audience driven now in terms of reviews and, and stuff like that, that it's really difficult to um, maintain. I find it hard, harder to maintain an audience in terms of profit um, because, because I work with independent filmmakers, I can't go to them for profit right. because there is no profit there. Mm -hmm. So when you have to look at like sponsors and advertising, my background aside from tech is advertising is marketing. So, um, you know, everything for me from, from day one was, it was let's l listen to what the audience wants. Let's look for the niche that needs to be filled. Mm. And it just turned out to be independent film. And how can I monetize this as a career and still be happy and in love with what I do? Mm. And I was able to do that for about five of my seven years and just pretty much live off of my my passion. Um, it, it's just it became really much more complicated once I moved out here. <laughs> yeah. Interesting, you meant, when did this all take place for you? Because uh, Adam and I, I, I had a show back in 99 called Director's Cut that serviced the same community. And I went to S Sundance, and I found that the independent film community loved me until they got to Sundance. I, I, I could get <laughs> them on my show. I was handing out $20 bills for the for you know all practical purposes. But once they got to Sundance, they're like, oh, no, I'm at Sundance now. I don't need you to help mm. market my movie. Yeah, you they know, weren't the most gracious group, I've noticed. Well, I mean, it, once you go to Sundance, um, looking at Sundance as an independent film festival, especially nowadays, is kind of like looking at Tribeca as an independent yeah, film festival. this was 97, or, 98. Yeah, this was a little bit better. I mean, like, this was Kevin Smith chasing Amy style or Dogma mm. or whatever. I mean, where he was still able to throw some, you know, th throw a movie in there, and, and it was still considered, you know, kind of indie-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I found, let's see, I went in 2011. I actually, I want to give a shout out to, again, another site now defunct, uh, Film Threat. 
I actually oh, went yeah. with I went with Mark Bell um, uh, from Film Threat, and uh, those guys just said, "Hey, you know, we're going to do a co-production. We'll put you up, and you know, fly you out, and all that kind of stuff. And you'll just be in charge of all the video stuff because that's kind of your thing." I did video interviews, and so I went and just trugged a fifty-pound pack up and down Main Street for seven days or however long we were there for, and just you know, at the absolute mercy of PR people, uh, which, you know, by and large, always got around uh, got around well, yeah, got along with well uh but however it's just it's it's uh oh god some of them could be just very disorganized it's kind of a rite of passage slogging up and down it really the hills is. of it Sundance was, uh, with uh yeah, snowing and shit. And yeah, yeah exactly right well it's snow snow i was fine with i mean massachusetts guy i'm fine with well, snow snow i can deal with <laughs> um but uh the thin air fat nick not so much <laughs> <laughs> that was always kind of the hard part i was just like okay i've walked five feet and i want to collapse now um <laughs> somebody carry me uh and they're like no, no you're too big no. yeah <laughs> and then and chris Chris Gore made a, a noble effort to bring back Film Threat yeah, in film the last threat, year, and it yeah. failed. It yeah, it, I mean, uh, and you know what? I, he he did well. I mean, he raised sixty three thousand dollars. As a matter of fact, it was funny. As I, right before I went on the show tonight, I actually that's was, right. I he went, did have a new car. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> I went on the. I actually went on. I wanted to like, is Film Threat even still around? So I went to Film Threat, and it actually defaults to their kicks. Their you know failed, if you want to call it that, yeah. unsuccessful. Unsuccessful. Kicks yeah. Failed is such a harsh. It really word. is. It, it was a finality to it. Was that, that initially Film Threat was initially a zine, right? Or, or was it, it was kind a, of a yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it was a magazine. I mean, so the digital could, age, like it's like yeah, you gotta kind of do a free Twitter account and and do it for free. Yeah, they know. they actually, I mean, they they pioneered not well. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go as far as to say pioneered a lot. They yeah. they had a magazine and then they had a distribution arm as well. I mean, they were doing video distribution at one point. Then they wow. you know then they they had the online presence and then everything else kind of slowly went away. Uh, because print was phasing out and then you know um, I'm assuming the distribution just didn't be it probably was not as profitable as they would have liked uh, or it was outsourced something I don't know the, the behind the scenes details and then Chris decided to detach from that and you know promote up Mark um, and Mark <coughs> took over and uh, and then you know eventually you know bought it basically and then um, you know uh, once they they just couldn't get it you know going to where they needed to be uh, it went back to Chris, and uh, you know Chris just couldn't get it running back again. But again, valiant effort. I mean, and Chris had a lot of other things that he was, you know, working on. So um, you know, again, like you said, valiant effort. Um, and it sucks because it's not the only site. I mean, Gordon and the Whale went away. Um, first, uh, no, uh, Phil, Cinematical. The Dissolve now is gone. The Dissolve is yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. Cinematical got bought by AOL, and then they got dissolved. Ugh. No pun intended. <laughs> and then uh, Film Threat, and then, I mean, like, it's just, they're, we're all falling like dominoes at this point, and really what it comes down to is sustainability. Yeah. And that was the Dissolves thing. They had, a, I guess, a financial and power structure yeah, that just journalism. didn't yeah. work. Yeah. Well, and the only ones who are really huge now still are, I mean, you have Slash Film, obviously, but IndieWire, and IndieWire is funded by, was it Amazon yeah. or... It's Who are they? They're like owned, that. Yeah. yeah, they're owned by a larger, you know, entity. So, uh, you know, their uh, bottom line is a little, probably a little less than, you know, what you know everyone else's is. They're so, not, you think maybe get involved with one of them, or do you want to relaunch? You really want to relaunch? It's. I would hate really to just let you know all that work, uh, and not only my work, uh, the work of. I mean, we, we were. I was managing upwards of twenty writers at one point worldwide, and. Everyone worked really hard. There was a lot of passion behind it. Even when I announced that I was thinking of stopping it, I mean, there were people that were stepping up and saying, what if I just took it over for you temporarily and then until you kind of get your stuff straightened out, then you can come back in and maybe, you know, we'll see what's up. 
and I was tempted to do it, but it, it really what it came down to was our audience deserves a certain level of quality, number one. Hold and, on a second there, Professor. <laughs> Paul, that, that I think we might, Bart up. we might want to have a meeting here. <laughs> quality. <laughs> and then audience was, deserves anything. What? Sorry, this is this is indie film. This oh, is indie oh, film. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. yeah. I've always said that <laughs> studios have a different take on it. <laughs> gotcha. If, if you spend five thousand dollars on a movie and the movie sucks, maybe we can have a conversation. You spend two hundred and fifty million on it, then I'm thinking there's no excuse. There's blame to be we had. We do not yeah. who's to blame. <laughs> we do not review post reviews of indie films on the movieguys.net that we don't like. Really? Yep. We'll go either way for a major studio release, but we'll only post re- positive reviews of indie films because, uh, yeah, like why kick a film that's yeah. the, uh, that might be having trouble enough getting yeah. made as it is, yeah. and then you go and crap on? Well, it? I said this last week or a week before. Th- no one tries to make a bad movie, yeah. Yeah. right? No. So you yeah. can't you can't hate the movie, and that's why bad or critical reviews of small movies is yeah. just pointless. Now, again, if you have two hundred fifty million dollars, then you just didn't try, or you're lazy, <laughs> or you're being a dick about something. But yeah, someone dropped the ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there's blame to be had there. But when you're raising, you know, the sixty three thousand dollars that. Chris Gore did on his car, then you know <laughs> <laughs> he calls it the Batmobile. The Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> now he'll never come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, believe me, he will. I know Chris. Kim Chris. You know what? No, it's it's um, our our motto. And every time I talk to a new writer uh, about um, what you know what my expectations were of their reviews. I always said, no, it's education before evisceration. Mm-hmm. The idea is like, it's fine if it's not good, but let's explain to them how they could have done it better. Because yeah. most of the people that we reviewed their movies, they were first time filmmakers and they were, uh, you know, most of them are inexperienced. And, and my goal was always to try to some degree to help a, a first time filmmaker get to the point where they can make a second film. Mm-hmm. Um, everything on our website was always, it was never necessarily designed to be entertaining. It was meant to design to be put in a portfolio at one point mm. for you know not necessarily going oh this is your pull quote but i mean at the same time you know print out the page and you could put it to something and figure out how you'd right. like to use it in your marketing. i materials. made this and here's some validation for its quality and the yeah. hard work i put into it absolutely now, uh, how did you grow i mean we know but mm-hmm. how did you grow to a staff of like 20 uh <laughs> You know, from from this idea you had to to sort of grow a business and end up at film festivals and stuff like that, you know. Honestly, a lot of very passionate people yeah. and um, and a lot of people who were willing to work for free that didn't deserve to in terms of I felt they did, they deserved more, which was another reason why. <laughs> Karen points uh, to herself. I was just pointing at myself and Bart. Bart. Checks are in the mail, guys. Checks are in the mail. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, I'm behind Nick. <laughs> well, that was another reason why. <laughs> That was another reason why for the shutdown. It was just, it was, it was, you know, not only could I not sustain myself, but I felt there was a twinge of guilt of any profit mm, that was coming in, whether yeah. it's from advertising or festival work or consulting, because I do consulting as well, that it wasn't being trickled down, that it was like, I have to pay rent. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I got it. I mean, I got to a point where I didn't have a car in LA, which we all know is not fun. <laughs> Um, Everyone looks at me. <laughs> yes, for two years I've not had a car. I, that's how long really I didn't have a car. There's one way to get to Coenga, and there's a wreck oh, on it. Jeez. Oh. One way to get to Culver City, and there's a wreck on Coenga. Yes. And yes. I work in Culver City as well, so I know that my my commute used to be two hours each way Ooh. to get yeah. to work, and yeah, it's not fun. I got. I want to get to a couple more things. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> about um, indie film in general. Yeah. What do you think is the greatest indie film movement? Oh, jeez. In, in 
I mean, the, including in the, in horror. The US. You have to include Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. and you have to include all the 70s horror, is too. That's the, a big indie movie. Yeah, is it the 70s horror? Is it the uh, Soderbergh Corman. Tarantino? Is yeah, it the Corman? Yeah, what, what do you Jeez. think? I mean, yeah, I mean, you have the Sundance kids, obviously, mm-hmm. or the, you know, the Mavericks, as it were, and then you have guys like the film school nerds like George Lucas and stuff like yeah, that who came up, totally. THX and all that kind of stuff. Um 70s giallo movement in in, in uh, Italy and then sure. that you know being made over to here. Um, I'm actually going to go more with I'm going to go the early early stuff um, way back in like the 1920s. The original. Uh, I'm going back. Indie movement. Yeah. I mean, Can you remind us of uh, what your Paul website Robeson was called? Film snobbery. Though. Okay. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. I'm going to go back to the 20s. I'm going to go back to the 20s. Can you say that as though you have an ascot or perhaps a sweater tied around your neck? Mm, yes. Yes, dear. I can absolutely just go ahead and describe <laughs> oh, to you right now how it was back in the 1920s. Yes. It was a fantastic time so where we all saying. used to go... <laughs> Saying who Any the movies, who? independent movies in the twenties? Yeah, they, they I think they called them. all independent movies in the twenties for the most part. No, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, back when lots were literally called lots because that's what they were. Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of land, and um, a stage was literally a piece outside, and yeah. they would put a stage down so that they could put stuff yeah. on top yeah, of so it who was, without it being in the dirt. Who was operating outside the studio system back yeah. then? Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> well, saying. They were. There were some. There's a couple people. Um, you know, there were there were uh, filmmakers. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a big Jewish filmmaker movement. A lot of the African American filmmaker movements, yes. stuff like that. That they used to literally schlep their uh, their films from uh, you know from theater to theater to theater. And um, and that was before the the studios tried to take control of the movie theaters. And then that got banned. And then Ronald Reagan, back in the '80s, decided, hey, guess what? Studios can own theaters again, which is why everything you see now is a tentpole movie yeah. and why, you know, independent films, uh, you know, by and large have to black box their theaters in order to kind of get in there. And Reagan. Or, or, is it, is it, uh, Reagan, Reagan, Michael. So, so uh, walk us through some of the indie movements. Now, I'm, I'm curious there there were some old ones and uh, it's, it's an interesting history, right? That's sort of. Yeah, I mean, there's some great. I mean, there's some great literature out there that's available. Um, it, one of my writers actually wrote a book called "The History of Independent Film," okay. and uh, it's available out. I think it's Bear Manor Media. I don't know how I remember that, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's dry, uh, written by a gentleman by the name of Phil Hall, and uh, really well written. And it okay. talks a lot about that that Jewish movement, uh, the yeah, African American movement, and yeah, stuff. Then blacks you go could not get in regular theaters; yep. they had to make independent films. Yeah. And then yeah. you look at uh, uh, was it Remy Le- uh, Reif? Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> Riefenstahl. Riefenstahl. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the the movements out there, in for uh, in terms of propaganda uh, yeah. film, and then you know you get into the seventies and uh, a lot of the there was the 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 kind of stuff with uh, you know that. Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda, you know that kind of stuff. Well, and, yeah, the yeah. Uh, that that came out of like the AIP, uh, the the Roger yep. Corman, and I mean the, the Roger Corman. Absolutely. There is an independent filmmaker. I, mean, I love he Roger made, Corman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, then you and then you get looking at uh, Trauma. You know, Horror. I mean, yeah. I love I, anytime I get to talk to Uncle Lloyd is always a fun time. <laughs> and, um, you know, and thankfully, he mostly remembers who I am. Uh, and his his wife, Pat, is actually a darling. I really I like Pat. I met we, her at Sundance. We interviewed Lloyd at Comic-Con <laughs> and, and to quote him, he said, oh, movie guys are my favorite movie. So I don't think I, he might know who we are or what's going yeah. on. But he I, called my, my cameraman the best <laughs> damn gay cameraman he's ever done. My, my friend's just like, why is he calling me gay? And I'm like, have you seen that haircut? Uh, 
<laughs> to our credit, though, he was wearing pants when he said that. Yeah, that's true. So, Usually you get him in a show or something, he doesn't have his pants on. Yeah. So. Pants on. Oh, we got him just off a plane, like, from Indiana, and he was just like, I'm like, hey, can I do a quick sound test with you? He's like, yeah. Uh, welcome to Tromaville. He sounded like Nick Nolte. He was like, <laughs> it, it, it was it was absolutely in, intelligible. And I'm sitting there. Dad? That was Lloyd. Dad? Wait, so let me ask you, what is your favorite indie film, then, of all time? Is it... Nightmare on Elm Street could be considered one, but could, give me it could be. I mean, could it was the start of New, New Line, Line Cinema. Well, that's true. Yeah. It really did start New yep. Line, didn't it? Uh, yeah, it jumped. Screw it, then that's it. Yeah, I mean, I. Okay. <laughs> but I want to go around the table now. So yeah, what let's else? Do that. Your favorite indie film of all time? I got one. Hmm. Talk to me, Goose. Well, it, I would say Pulp <laughs> Fiction, but Good it might point. have uh, been a little too. I mean. What was that? His second film? Yeah, yeah, Reservoir Dogs. So Reservoir feels more indie. Pulp Fiction, you know, had a Travolta in it, and it seemed like you know it was a little Brad Bruce Willis yeah. in it. But yeah, but I'm gonna go with Do the Right Thing. Nice, Spike Lee. And I know that's still a couple films into his uh, career too. But I just man, I, that movie. Uh, and it's a product of timing as well. You know, yeah. but when I saw that movie, I was just the right age where we quoted it ad nauseum, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, I was just impressed as a young filmmaker who loved. Spielberg and all that kind of stuff to suddenly see what are these angles? What the hell is that score all about? Mm-hmm. And of course, a whole new uh, message that I just was was brand new to me. So and it's a firebrand of a movie. It's, yeah, it's there to to be in your face. That was the that was the thing about do the right thing. Is like holy shit, this movie is in my face. Like it, it, it's not afraid to get up in your grill. Ca- characters <laughs> talk right to the camera. Right? Yeah, you know? absolutely. What was the one with Mickey and Mallory Knox? Natural Born Killer. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was that indie? No. No, yeah. that was a Warner Brothers. Probably not. Okay, yeah. I like the way it looked. Never mind. <laughs> it had I that feel, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's Stone, the thing Stone that made that, breaking away from yes. the way he made, you know, Platoon and Wall Street. I mean, oh, yeah. you know what? I, I would go ahead and accept that because what I, what I think is so interesting is as we were, we've been talking about this, and I knew you were coming on about the, the indie film thing, I have thought, yes, there's a lot of indie film movements. It's an interesting story history. I do like the horror phase of indie film in the, in the 70s. 70s oh, yeah. and just how profitable that was. I love the indie film of the 80s and when VHS was invented and how sort of profitable those little guys were because the big studios wouldn't sell the rights to video stores. So all these indie people were like, uh, I can sell these ta- tapes for 100 bucks a piece and you're sitting on your properties? Like, fine, I'll just make all the money here. But the first one that really got labeled and the first time we started using the term indie film is that Robert Rodriguez, you know, uh, uh, El Mariachi and Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction and Clerks era. Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Yeah. And so the fact that it that because it was labeled indie film, it inspired so many people to make movies, unlike Roger Corman, who was a arguably a more uh, profitable independent filmmaker than anybody we've mentioned. But he didn't necessarily, uh, with the exception of a few people, did not inspire a generation the way the indie film of the uh, of the 90s did so I'm gonna go clerks mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go you know nice nice Bar- I was gonna say clerk clerks as well yeah. I don't know if it's my favorite I think there are other better movies out there but I remember in a theater watching clerks yeah. thinking holy shit they actually put an independent film in a theater because yeah, before this you, black and white thing? yeah, you had seen independent films and they didn't look like independent films. They looked like movie studio productions and and they were independent 
Pulp Fiction, for example, by definition, like strict definition. But this looked like the thing I had made, right? This this looked like movies I had made in college. Yeah. But yeah. here it is in a real theater. So that was the most impressionable independent film for me. And we got a uh, we're running short on time, but I want to ask you then. Let me rephrase this question for you, Nick. What is the best movie you saw because of film snobbery? Com. Oh wow! Um, I, I'm gonna say it's the. It, it might not be the best, but it was the most influential to me because it got me my co-host, hmm. and that was Jerry Cavallaro's Stuck Like Chuck, which what? we we promoted ad nauseum for like ye- like two three years. Like it was always a conversation would always go back to Stuck Like Chuck, um, <laughs> but I mean, there's guys like uh, Zach Forsman making movies like Down and Dangerous oh, and, yeah. and Paul Osborne. I love. Um, uh, 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 official rejection, official rejection, yeah, yeah. and then favors great too. Yeah, I saw um, your review of that. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was favorable. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> How about them apples? Yeah, no, there was some crossovers. We have had we've had Alex Albrecht on the show. I love Alex. Yeah, and yep. uh, and Paul and. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but what is that? Stuck like Chuck. Stuck like Chuck. Okay. Yeah. It was made for five thousand dollars. It has Lloyd in it, Lloyd <laughs> Kaufman, ah, but also has Chris <laughs> Elliott in it. Oh, oh yeah. cool. He is a guy who who made it for five grand. Uh, he was nineteen years old. Paid all his people. Paid for his music, had a great soundtrack, you know, of like a bunch of like pop indie, uh, you know, pop rock indie bands, um, and made a movie with what he had. He filmed it at his school and in his grandmother's house, where like he made up a room in her his grandmother's house to look like a dorm room. Uh, found you know went and casted actors, you know that were arguably pretty good. And uh, you know <laughs> um, his his uh, while well, I still give him shit to this day about his lighting. <laughs> uh, his dialogue is great, and I've read several scripts of his since then, and it, his dialogue is still his strongest feature. Um, Lighting and sound, man. They, they can just, like, kill a script oh <laughs> if God, you're not yeah. careful. No, absolutely. Yeah. Probably sound, but, sound more than lighting in some yeah. ways, because if you, if you light it a certain way or whatever, it's like, oh, that's the best visual style. But if the sound is bad, it's like, that's a terrible movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, got, uh, I got tagged in a good way for uh, reviewing a movie called Chiaroscuro Baby. And it's okay. all in black and white, and yeah. it's, uh, but it's all... Um, the sound is done in a very scratchy, almost uh, a vinyl kind of way. Okay. And everyone else who had reviewed this film said to him, yeah, well, it's a good movie, but your, your sound is shit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, this is a style choice. And he's like, you're the only yeah. one who noticed. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, either that or he's just being like, no, this is how I cover up that my sound was shit. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, let's yeah. get on to, uh, we're going to have to burn through this. Sorry, we always crimp this uh, poor segment, but uh, we're running out of time. But let's talk about... What did you see this week? Yeah, we don't have time for that. Uh, so, Nick, you saw one of the movies we talked about at the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, Walk yeah. in the Woods? Into the Woods? Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. You're out of Why the woods. I Take a hike? Go walks home alone at night? No. Like it, right? Is it follows? Yeah, I did. I actually did like it. I liked it way better than All is Lost, as my girlfriend calls it, the silly boat movie. Thank you. Like your girlfriend. She's smart. Yeah. Well, we screened that for the, you know, what do you call it there? The... For your consideration stuff the, uh, for literally six months at said theater uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, trying to get, you know, critics and stuff on board for that. Because we're like, OK, they're either going for the SAG Award or they're going for the Indie Spirit or, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, it was it was tough. Um, liked it better than that. Uh, honestly, uh, Nick Nolte steals the show. I mean, I, I, Nick Nolte out Redford's Redford. <laughs> I had a feeling from the trailer. I thought, wow, I think Nick Nolte not only knows he's in a movie, but I think he actually wants to be good. I think we might get a little old Nick Nolte back. Yeah, he, I, yeah. If he right? out now, if he out 
Redford's Redford. Redford, uh, to me, underplays everything. So is Nolte doing that, or is he? Because he's looking rather. He's got the bravado kicking in this one. Yeah, n- they made him look like Streetwalker Nolte, like mm-hmm. head, like mugshot Nolte. <laughs> yeah, but he is playing. <laughs> he is playing at a level that I like to call forty-eight hours Nolte. Oh, oh! that's a good Nolte. Yes. That's a good Nolte. That's good. You have you've crystallized yeah. what's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Karen and I saw Ricky in the Flash. Yes, we did. Uh, fire crime? Uh, no, I wish they did. Uh, Rick Springfield was a surprisingly strong p- part of that movie. I didn't know why, but it just didn't do anything for me, which is a bummer because I always like Meryl Streep. She was fine, but I just didn't buy her in that part. But what was really weird was I don't know if the story compelled me. Nothing really happened. Didn't for me. Yeah. So she has to reconnect with her daughter, right? Yeah, but she's they didn't on really the road. Didn't do it. No, not really. Okay. She goes back to do that, and then, and then sort of that gets worked out, and then she goes back to where she was, and okay. and there's a wedding, and, and then there's a wedding. She goes back for that. Like and no she's tension, you're saying? No. Like, is she gonna succeed? Oh, uh, she's not succeeding before I can finish her sentence. Yeah. The only yeah. time I choked up, and this has nothing to do with the movie, but it has everything to do with my upbringing. I choked up whenever Rick Springfield's character does something. I don't know. I don't want to ruin it. I mean, it's the only compelling part of the movie <laughs> he does something that my family was told never do oh, right, right. to make her act in a movie with Meryl Streep yes my family <laughs> said just don't act with Meryl Streep no he does something very thoughtful to give her enough money to go home to her daughter or son's wedding and I was like oh my god but it's not because of the movie but because my family all what it is is my family all plays instruments we all play musical instruments and we've never had a lot of money but we would get like our tax refund check we'd all get new glasses and go get ukuleles and then we'd all go get new <laughs> musical equipment and we would get guitars and amps and whatever it was because then we invested that money and we made money on the weekends but he sells his guitar we were told never sell your instruments no matter how bad it no gets no matter how bad because you can make money with your instruments and he sells his and I'm like <laughs> That, that was the most exciting part. Uh, then we saw Ant-Man, finally. Ant-Man. Ant-Man. I liked it does a lot. He, does he battle Uncle Woman? No. <laughs> <laughs> DC's Uncle Woman? Um, here's what I liked about it, Adam. I like the fact that there's a story and I can follow the characters. Right. And I like that I can see the action. It's very thoughtful, very well-directed, and it's well-conceptualized, and it's well-executed. I like when I can see my superhero punching somebody in the face with whatever clever way he's doing it. It is really well-conceptualized like and executed. Now, yeah. I don't know if this happens in the comic. Probably. But, but I figured he shrinks himself to an ant and he has adventures. No. He's popping between life size and ants as necessary yeah. to get where he needs to go. Like he yeah, can yeah. run at the door, get small, go yeah, through the keyhole, yeah. and get big again and beat That's your ass. And to be honest with you, right a lot of stuff happened in that movie, and I was like, okay, this is interesting. I wasn't like overwhelmed until he fights uh, a, a, a guest who shows up halfway through the oh, movie. They, they post Who's it an online. Avenger. You can say He's it. an Avenger. Yeah, yeah. you can say it yeah, online. Uh, cool. So, and they fight, and then of course the last twenty minutes that are all fights and battles. I mean, that stuff is the best part of the movie. It's very and interesting. So you go out on a high. It's quite unlike good. Moulin Rouge, that movie a billion years ago. In that, there's all these wonderful dancers doing these dances, and you can't see any of it. Because as soon as the dancers start dancing, the camera goes all over the place, and it made me so aggravated because I'm like, could you just hold still a second? There's talented people dancing, but <laughs> this actually held still so I could see the yeah, Peyton, man of ant. He shot. He shot the the 
the action scenes very cleverly. So yeah, I that, did like the uh, Edgar Wright elements clearly left in that movie, which is where Michael Pena tells the story. He's a guy who used to knock over yeah, yeah. things with uh, Paul Rudd, and Paul Rudd gets out, and he's trying to tell him about a new job, and he's like, he's "So I was at this art yeah. opening, man, and I was looking at this." this yeah, and then it zooms that right guy through is it. Fantastic. It does the whole Edgar Wright thing. That guy's that yeah. actor is so great. Yeah, yeah he's great. That's a good one. Um, I look forward to more Ant-Man and future and Avengers movies. I saw Roadhouse and I really liked it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I really enjoyed Roadhouse. Classic. Classic. Yeah, it was the first time I ever saw it. Lots of sex and boobies and lots of nakedness in that movie. That's a 70s movie. Very you used to be able to have that in the movie. interesting. Yeah. Lots of women just having their boobs out for no reason. Yep. Uh, you don't get There's that. There's always a reason for boobs. <laughs> The 70s movie in 1989. Oh my god! And <laughs> the men were such scumbags. They were all like Mr. Hart. That they were, they're all people who wow. would never. How I don't understand how they could ever get along the rest of their day because they're so ridiculously awful Gross. and filthy people. Yeah. In, in the time we meet them at the bar, and they're at a bar that no one would ever go to ever because they're so ridiculously so filthy gross. and nasty. I yeah. always thought that the, that bar was, uh, it was the offshoot, like there was a sequel movie to that, and it was called The Accused. Yeah. And yeah. That was... <laughs> Yes, I think that it takes place at that bar. Yeah, it's, it's the worst Good place reference. in the world. And what woman would ever go to that bar knowing it's like that? And they go with their friends to who's, go get raped? And that's all it is. Who's the girl in Roadhouse? Let's go get raped. It's Tuesday. Uh, Kelly Lynch. <laughs> Kelly Time Lynch. The Kelly McGillis of uh, yes. Roadhouse, Roadhouse movies. Right? Anybody else got a quick thing they saw? Where, uh, time is it ticking? No, yeah. we're on to the final part of our show. Some of the new yeah. family, whatever. We're <laughs> Let's take things home the way we know how uh, best. And it's our weekly celebration of the birthdays right. of those who make the movies. It's Karen's birthdays. Yeah. All right, let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to director Mark Preston Webb. Paul, he has the same no relation. you do. He's <laughs> Paul's brother. He turns 41, but he can play anywhere from a director of music videos to a director of arachnids. Kind of funny that the man that Columbia Pictures chose to direct the Amazing Spider-Man movies would have the last name Webb. Weird. Mm. I also find it kind of funny that Mark's first feature-length film was a romantic comedy, 500 Days of Summer, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel. Paul and I saw that. Very charming little movie. So, of course, it would make sense. The next logical step was to have him direct a superhero movie. Indie film, 500 Days of Summer? Studio Indie. Studio yeah. Indie. Yeah. All right. That's a thing. That was that's actually how I introduced my girlfriend to independent films. She's oh, not yeah? she's not an indie. You gotta ease her in. Yeah, you gotta yeah. 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 It's like a warm bath. Ease it in. Like then you can sex. go then you can go, yeah, here's Elephant Man. Yeah. Now Mark directed the Amazing Spider Man, a <laughs> reboot of the Spider Man film franchise, which starred Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone. Then he returned to direct the sequel of the Amazing Spider Man two, and currently he is directing the television version of Limitless, which oh. he also directed the uh, movie version with Bradley Cooper, if you guys remember. He directed After that, that film? Oh, I wasn't aware. Yeah. But now they're doing the TV version. Yeah. So there you go. That. After that, he is in pre-production right now on a movie called Gifted. And IMDb sums up the plot as a man who tries to raise the brilliant young daughter of his dead sister, but battles with a child's mother over custody. So it's good to see that he's going back to his romantic comedy roots. <laughs> <laughs> so next up, let's wish a very happy birthday to Miss Lily Tomlin. She turned 76, Ooh. but can play anywhere from a spoiled little girl, Edith Ann. <laughs> 76 ringy dingies. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My name is Edith Ann, and that's the truth. Never got that good. Nope. All the way from that to a spoiled little adult. Leave me the fuck alone. Okay, there we go. <laughs> you know what the fuck is going on, period? Fuck you. Miss right. <laughs> Thomas currently starring Frankie in the Netflix original series known as Cha Frank Grace and Frankie, which reunites Lily Tomlin with her 9-to-5 co-star and her best friend, Jane Fonda. 
We all know Lily Tomlin from her one-woman shows, her work on Laugh, and of course, her movie, 9 to 5. And my favorite, All of Me. You guys, yes. can you get on oh, board of that? All, all of, of me. me. I would put that her high point in my book. She's yeah. fantastic in that. I mean, with Steve Martin, the physical comedy alone. Wasn't she in Nashville? Like, yes, yes. she played a Someone country Someone would probably say that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry if you said I that. I think yeah. she won an that. Academy Award or was nominated for that. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I would go with all of me. Yeah. But what roles did Miss Tomlin turn down? How would movies have been different had she accepted? Well, let's look at One Flew Over the Cougar's Nest. She turned down the role hmm. of Nurse Ratchet. Oh, I could see that. Really? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Play that clip again. Yeah, that's her. <laughs> that's her. Yeah. Leave me the fuck alone. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> of course, we all know that went to Louise Fletcher. Of course, Poltergeist. She told turned down the role of the mother in that. I don't oh, know if she's sweet worked. enough, yeah. right? Oh, oh, no. You can't play opposite coach. I just found that one interesting. Oh, this one I totally did not get. She was in consideration. Now, she didn't turn it down. She was just interested in playing the lead in the best little whorehouse in Texas. Dolly Parton's role? Yeah. Dolly Parton nails that role. The whole point. I've never seen it. Oh, Worth it's it? fun. Yeah. yeah there's Burt a bunch Reynolds of, heyday. I'll see you then. Yeah, yeah, Burt Reynolds' yeah. heyday. Yeah. Dolly's adorable, and there's a lot of women running around. She twice. You know yeah. what I mean? What? Oh. A lot of cute women running around being whores, so you'd like it. Yeah, and her jugs are hanging out the and whole time. Totally, it's great. Yeah, and totally. not for nothing, I still love when the uh, Universal tour goes by the house that's used as the chicken ranch in that movie, and they say, there's the set we used for Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. I just look around like, are we really just <laughs> shout, there's the whorehouse, kids? <laughs> I love it. In my tour, we only get to that if I haven't first told everyone about the house from the Mindy Project that's oh. used for Danny Castellana's mother, Rhea Perlman's <laughs> character. If we don't have enough time, well, we don't talk we about don't the have house. Enough time. There's important things you going gotta, on. You gotta jam pack that with the uh, Mindy Project Your Mindy stuff. Project stuff. Alright, then also, awesome. po- Popeye, she was originally gonna play Shelley yeah. Duvall's part in that opposite Dustin Hoffman. As Popeye? Yes. Ooh, that that all changed up, right? Because then Robin Williams did it with Shelley Duvall. I find it difficult to believe because uh, Altman uh, had, had Shelley Duvall in a, a lot of his movies. So I thought, I oh, know. that's a natural choice. Not only is it a, uh, for an Altman movie, but of course she looks just like She looks just like <laughs> Olive oil. That's yeah, an amazing casting. Perfect. Yeah. All right. And then, of course, Bart, you know how much I love it when celebrities sing. This is true. People you are do. always asking me, Nick. I do. Can you tell me two interesting things about Karen? And I say absolutely. What? When she when she wants to go out and not be recognized, she'll wear a blonde <laughs> wig, but not on her head. That's right. I'm murking it. She murkins it. And then the other thing, she loves when celebrities. I sing. do, and you know what? I especially love when one of our favorite movie guy celebrities sings. Now it's his birthday, <gasps> but we guilty? already <laughs> we learned so much about Kiana Cool Breeze Reeves last time cool that breeze. I didn't want to bring him back and, and do all that again. But I did want to give him a little singing. So here he is. He is. Nelson Moss in this, demonstrating his vocal skills in the film Sweet November, singing time after time, made famous by Mr. Frank Sinatra. That's him yes. and uh, little cool breeze Charlie Theron. Yes. Charlie Theron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Time after time. That's not. All right, and then we got yeah, one. Yeah, not the Cindy Lauper. Okay. Now we're gonna play this, and it's yeah. got a minute. So then I got a minute to sign off the show. Here All right, we go. so All we'll right. be quiet. And go. Only know. That wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Together we're the movie guys. Individually we are. Follow us on Twitter at the movie guys. We're also on Facebook, iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, all that shit. Thanks to Nick LaRue. And that's a tip from LaRue to you. Oh.
Is it Nick at Nick Baisley though? Is still your Twitter handle? No, it's at no. Film Snobbery. Everything oh, at film is snobbery. everything That's is Film Snobbery. There yes, you go. it is. It'll be back. I guess it is. Jump really. on there, follow along. The Boubet Sisters have a show this Saturday at the this. Cork Lounge, seven thirty. Get there early though, because it gets kind of packed. It's the best. Thanks Thank to Steve you. Schultz for his writing contributions to the show, Hi. and as always, we're everything to Pat Peach. Next week, a slew of films <laughs> with the unfortunate release date of September eleventh. Oh, See you then. Yeah. Yeah. They love us. They love